2: Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Thursday, January 12th, 2023, 2023. And as always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, Book is titled Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's absolutely free. It's a PDF file. Click the link, download the file, print it off, copy as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also download a whole host of audio files of shows like this one where people have been stepped through the use of that worksheet process. And if you choose to listen to those, they can serve as a powerful tutorial for you to get maximum benefits from these tools in the most efficient amount of time possible. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives when they tap into and start using these tools in their life, and secondarily because it tends to promote comments, questions, answers, and testimonials, And if you have any of those to share with us, we appreciate it. If you call and give us that feedback at 563-999-3581. And when you call that number and press 1, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number, and I'll be able to turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. And we appreciate it even more when people do that because it, helps us live into our intention with this work and our intention with this work is to be a service so how can we be a service to you what is on your mind today is a Thursday that means we'll have a support group tonight it's just another of the resources that are available to help people take full advantage of the system of knowledge and these tools and um, if you or someone you know would benefit from that and want to join us in that process um, or in the support group uh, you can join us all the information is available at um on the on the website at mindshiftersacademy.org and there's a separate login information page for Tuesdays and a separate one for Thursdays and um We'd be happy to have you join us or have you pass along the information to somebody you think might benefit. They'll show both um, support groups, both Tuesdays and Thursdays, run from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time. And... As with the Internet Show, um, we tend to keep a focus on the practical aspect of this work and encourage people to do worksheets and or share the process of worksheets they've done between sessions. And we like to share um, other work, like a talk from Dale Allen Hoffman or Guy Finley or Ganga G or Byron Katie or... Michael Rice or any, uh, you know, the, the way of mastery material or JM or the Darshans. And so we're looking at exposing ourselves to a variety of different ways to see the same thing, the basic truth of our lives and how we construct our realities, how we are choosing our thoughts and interpretations. And once we've chosen those, then we pour enough mind energy into them We are actively in that moment, from that moment on, creating our experience of life. We're creating our emotions, and we're creating our experience of everything about our lives. So feel free to join us and or pass that information along to somebody you think might benefit. Again, it's 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we have plenty of time today for comments or questions or feedback about the worksheets that have been shared so far this week on this show, or what's coming up for you as you listen to The Way of Mastery and its final lesson, Lesson 35 I had a um, a particular thought that came up from listening to um, Byron Katie's book, uh, A Thousand Names for Joy, I think is the title of the book. And it struck me that this quote, As simple and direct as it is, is almost exactly what Guy Finley talks about. When Guy Finley says, "If you say you love life, you cannot love your life." Uh, please, you know, just look past the uh, regulatory speech here. Love is not a verb in Michael Rice's teachings, and it's the energy of creation. It's the stuff you're made of. But if you say you cherish life, you cannot cherish life at the same time you don't like anything that's in it. So you you, you can't, it's like the, the teachings that say you can't get into heaven and, and leave even your little finger outside or a fingernail outside. You have to be wholly committed. That's that idea of let an eye be single and my body will be filled with light. Well, here's a quote from the um, book I was listening to this morning from Byron Katie that says, "When you are a lover of what is, your suffering is over. When you are a lover of what is, your suffering is over. You can't suffer if you accept that everything." is the flow of life and everything is okay because it's happening. Not because you want it to happen, not because it's good or it's bad, but simply because it's life. And we talk over and over again about the silliness of me using my conscious logical mind, the the same mind that has difficulty remembering to bring everything with me to work that I'm supposed to have for the day at work, including the papers and the lunch supplies and, you know, coffee if I made it in the morning or whatever. And I routinely walk out of the house and get into the car or get halfway to work and Realize I've been on autopilot and I forgot something that I meant to bring to work. And I have to, if I want it, I have to turn around and go back. That's the same mind that wants to look at the flow of life, everything that's happening in the world, and judge it as bad or wrong if it doesn't go the way my mind thinks it should. And hopefully you know, each and every one of us can see the silliness of that. there's a lot more going on here than my conscious logical mind can even barely keep track of let alone comprehend let alone direct and see you know what's right and what's wrong and every time i judge i pull myself out of the flow of life i pull myself out of a position where i can simply watch and enjoy and um, be an active participant and observer when I think I know better than the flow of life itself. So again, the quote from Brian Cady is, when one learns to love what is, when you become a lover of what is, your suffering is over. And uh, I don't know about you, but most of the people that I've dealt with, lived around and talked to and over the years, they are, in one way or another, working to try and end their suffering. And if you happen to be one of those people... Who would like to end your suffering? Here's a, a a short path to the end of your suffering. Learn to love whatever unfolds in your life. Learn to catch the judgment that you've been trained by your culture to throw on life, and just release it instead of valuing it and pouring your mind energy into it and arguing for it it's a it's a shortcut to the end of all suffering is to learn to love what is it seems absurd and yet if you slow down and look at it I'm pretty sure you'll be able to see the actual simplicity and truth of it. Again, Way of Mastery tells us over and over again that if we want to make a change in something, we have to first embrace it. We cannot transcend that which we will not first embrace. So at whatever level anything in my life is happening and I think it's good and I want to hold on to it and I don't want it to change, I'm not really embracing it. I'm not understanding the nature of life and creation itself is to flow and change. And I am judging whether I judge it as good and I'm trying to hold on to it or I judge it as bad and I'm trying to push it away I'm not just observing life and appreciating life I'm trying to change life and if I slow down and recognize okay who am I who is the I who wants to change this what is the brain what is the mind what is the conscious logical mind or the intellect that's been trained by my family and my culture, what is the part of my mind that wants to change all of this? It's the nine-bit mind. It's the egoic mind. It's the mind that's been programmed. It is not capable of even comprehending, much less creating and directing the flow of life itself. We were reading yesterday and it was saying, I cannot blame because a master cannot blame. And a master can never perceive him or herself as having been victimized. And yet, this mastery does not come through spiritual power or a special spiritual power. It comes only through a simple and a free choice. Remember, as I said earlier that you are constantly creating your experience. And you're free in this moment and in every moment to simply say, quote, I think I will adopt the perspective of a master. There's no sense in blame, no sense of feeling like a victim. What I am experiencing is completely, totally mine. I must, therefore, have wanted it, close quotes. always be very careful that you do not judge what is occurring. For that is the fault that people fall into saying, quote, oh my gosh, why did I do this to myself? This is a horrible experience. Why did I choose that? Why would I ever want this? Close quotes. All of that is judgment and not gratitude. All of that Pulls us out of the flow of life. All of that causes contraction and constriction. All of that pushes away whatever lessons are available for us in the moment. If I resist the moment, I refuse the lesson. In order for there to be a revelation, I must revel in the moment. I must allow and accept, embrace and trust the moment. The text goes on there and says, I learned at the crucifixion that I could feel and experience gratitude for my persecutors. I could feel gratitude for the whole context of experience that, quote, I had chosen to call to myself, close quotes in order to discover that there are no circumstances powerful enough to prevent me from choosing for love. The message in this work is there are no circumstances that are powerful enough to prevent you from choosing for love when you make that choice when you wake up and realize that that is your choice in each new present moment. In the end, can there be a more powerful experience to call to yourself than that? Not the crucifixion with nails in your wrists, but rather the power to see that in every moment of birth and of death, of comings and of goings, that nothing prevents you from the deep, peace, and joy of choosing to extend love. For love is not conditioned by the conditions of the world. How can it be when the world does not truly exist? Only you exist as a field of awareness that chooses to create perception and belief. Beloved friends, again the reminder, we are equals, you are as I am. Beloved friends, the world you see is unreal. In the end, the body is unreal, at least as you perceive it to be. For the body cannot limit you in any way. You already extend so far beyond it that it seems unimaginable and completely unbelievable. You are indeed the thought of love in form. But that form is not the body. It is merely the thought or the reality that is Christ. Christ is the essence of your higher self. Christ is the truth of who you are. The role of the body then can only be to bless, to comfort, and to extend love. As it is said many times earlier throughout this work, the, your body is a very temporary communication device. And it's quite important for you to understand that so you realize what you're communicating to yourself and the people around you and the world at large every time you choose a thought and a word and an action. The text goes on and says, two lovers find the fulfillment of their lovemaking in your physical plane when each of them delights only in blessing comforting and extending love. Each learns to receive that desire from the other as an act of love toward that one. One says, oh, let me massage your shoulders. And the other responds, okay. For relationship is the means of your salvation. And holy relationship is always a simple joyful dance of two who recognize that truly only love is real and they want nothing else you are indeed a sovereign master of your domain you cannot fail at any moment any form of experience that is unfolding for you is merely the fruit of the seeds of thought that you have planted within your mind Look at the outcome in order to discover the thought. First say, what a good girl I am, or what a good boy I am. That was a rich experience. And then merely ask, I wonder what I might have most wanted to experience now. For rest assured, you will experience it. You can either claim dominion over your life and become the conscious director of your life experience, or you can abdicate it to someone else, such as your government, your employer, or what have you. You are totally free to do that if you remember to claim it as a sovereign act, such as, quote, I'm commuting on this freeway for two hours to a job that I don't like, And I'm commuting home for two hours every day. Because of the sovereignty of my total mastery, I choose to do so. Close quotes. For in truth, that is the only reason you can find yourself in any place at any time. As a sovereign master, you're free to follow me, Yeshua. You're free to choose only your loving thoughts. You're free to remember and share only your loving thoughts. You're free to embrace whatever comes up that may be unlike love and simply accept that it must be an old seed getting cooked and that you're free to embrace it with love. This is why there can be no feeling that must be judged or avoided. Feelings of despair or feelings of sadness are merely something left over from a past thought. In the act of embracing them, you've already decided with love, and love alone heals all things. I think I mentioned this the last time I read this passage, that I remember a Krishnamurti talk where he said, we must learn to embrace our negative emotions the way we would comfort a wounded child. Because that energy is coming up within us, and if it's less than love within us, the only way to transmute it back into love is to embrace it in love. Just think of this. As a sovereign master, you choose, without lifting a finger to call into the domain of your experience a form of communication with an ancient friend, Yeshua ben Joseph, out of the field of your sovereign domain as a living master, you have chosen to bring the way of mastery into your domain. You have chosen to bring that which is called Shanti Cristo into your domain. There must be a reason for it. There must be a desire for it. Is that not the desire to discover ever more deeply if there is anything possibly obstructing you from experiencing greater joy, greater peace, greater wisdom, and greater Christed consciousness? Indeed, beloved friends, a master never ceases in growing him or herself. A master is never finished. Do not think that you can come to the end of some form of experience, perhaps even the death of the body-mind, and suddenly be at the finish line. For there is no such thing as a finish line. There are only realms that you can grow into in which creation is indeed far more blissful than it is in the physical domain but creation continues. Your responsibility and your sovereignty and your dominion continue. For the further you go into creation, the greater the responsibility, for you are dealing with greater power. Thus, the need for vigilance and discipline does not go away. It increases, but a master welcomes it. For through it, even greater creations can flow through their holy mind. Did you know that it is possible to birth an entire solar system with a single thought? Now, if you've ever baked a very good chocolate cake, you know something of what it means to create. If you've ever written a poem, if you have ever birthed a child, if you have ever planted a seed and watched it grow, then you know and understand the great satisfaction of creating. Imagine merely holding a thought in the mind and then experiencing the actual birthing of an entire solar system. It is indeed a great delight. Imagine birthing that which is called A Course in Miracles merely by holding the thought of it in its completed form and then letting that wave emanate and join with another mind who perhaps happens to be in the physical domain and does all the work. That is the power that is available to you. That's not what we're taught. We're taught that we're limited, we're taught that we're sinners, we're taught that other people hurt us, we're taught that other people in situations outside of us create our emotions, and this is saying pretty much the opposite of that. You are a master and a creator. The next section is titled, Blessing All Your Creations. And the text reads, as you choose to embrace yourself as a master, as you choose to look upon each and every moment of your experience as wholly, totally, completely self-created, that is just waiting for your blessing, as you do that, you come to see that there is power and freedom in choosing to bless with gratitude all of your creations, meaning everything in your life, meaning everything you've ever experienced. And then to say, quote, this has been so fantastic, it might be fun to have something even greater happen now. It was great being with that lover, but what the heck, they've just recently died, so I think I'll open up to something even greater. Close quotes. It is that kind of an attitude that expands the kingdom, the domain of your consciousness. And it expands until the day arises when the physical universe can no longer contain you. And you will simply outshine the body itself. This has occurred. Some minds have outshined the body before the body was ready to die. They merely dissolved into light and that was the end of it. It is not necessary, however, to do so. For the experience of what is called death in your world is just another experience. If you bring your awareness to it, you will discover that in the day of what you call death, that it is actually rather delightful. Your attention withdraws from the body. You become the witness of the gasping of the lungs, the building up of the fluid, and You watch it with disinterest, for you are already vibrating in the energy of bliss, which is the essence of your soul. Death, then, is quite simply nothing. So if death is nothing, then my stubbed toe can be seen as nothing then my serious car accident can be seen as nothing. Then the divorce I didn't want can eventually be seen as nothing. Then somebody ripping me off for thousands of dollars can be seen as nothing. What is this section, this last section, titled Blessing All of Your Creation, pointing us towards? This is part of what the the uh, spirited discussion on Tuesday nights was about someone saying, well, you're not trying to tell me that that's not a bad thing. And I'm saying, well, that's what these teachings are telling us. None of these things are either good or bad until we label them as such. And then we create the experience of them as what we have labeled them. You mean the death of a child is not a bad thing? I mean, it's a thing. And when I label it bad, I get one experience, and when I label it good, I get another. You mean the economy collapsing is not a bad thing? I mean, it's a thing. And when I label it bad, I get one experience, and when I label it neutral or good, I get another. Area code 610,
0: is this Susan? Hi, Dr. Kim. Yep this is so good that i hesitated to press one but you've got your finger right on a very busy point in my thinking and and my life and i also wanted to ask you you said before you started reading this chapter that maybe we're not ready for it and well well let me, let me let me clarify
2: that, that because it's it, it's come up a couple times right and yes. and It it wasn't that I was trying to imply that we weren't ready for the chapter. I was trying to imply many of us are not yet ready to live as a sovereign master. Many of us are not yet ready to do what the chapter is asking us to do. Many of us are not ready to bless all of our creations and accept I have cancer or my mother has cancer or my son is depressed or my fill-in-the-blank. That's what I was
0: implying.
2: Yeah. Not that okay, we weren't so ready to read it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I bet a lot of us who are listening feels as if we're right on a fence with one leg in one side and one leg on the other side. And I have a very... Okay, so
2: how is it? how is it that you're feeling <laughs> that way?
0: Well, because of the situation which I have been intending to bless and have been watching and finding that I feel as if I have kind of built a breakwater of practice of the gentle art of blessing, and it's been serving me very well, but the waters are getting high in this situation, and some of the water is getting over the breakwater, and I'm losing some ground. And so what you're reading is just perfect for what's happening What's happening in a nutshell is our housemate is his car broke down and he is not really looking for work and not planning to move out at any point. And it's comfortable for him here. And so what's happening is Tim and I and a couple of, Friends of ours who know we're watching out for this fellow are going in on doing this extensive car repair and where I'm asking myself, is this enabling or is this helping? Uh, And I'm just looking at the situation and also realizing if I'm just noticing and loving everything that's happening... Does that mean, and allowing so far, does that mean that this might go on forever and what we might want is not ideal? Because part of what I want, and believe me, I've been doing worksheets. In fact, I've been finding that the mental short version of the reality management worksheet is so good for this. I've been using that. And I can undo a level of upset. It was up to eight yesterday and come down to five or four, but I'm still just messing around with, and and also thinking, boy, thanks for this wonderful lesson that I'm having to learn. It comes right on time when I think I've finally gotten over the top of my worst stuff and I'm smooth sailing and then we're facing this looks like a rather interminable situation with lots of feelings on both sides, feelings about not wanting to hurt someone, the homelessness problem is terrible right now, the economy isn't good, Uh, we are feeling as if we're doing something right by helping out, and yet we're that's where the culture comes in. I hear my mother's words, you should never impose on anyone. And if you do, you should repay them twice and thank them profusely, on and on. And this isn't happening with this person. A chore here and there is done, yeah, and, and voluntarily too. But I'd rather have my house back. I'd rather just have us quiet here if we have company, not to have to have them Live on couches in the living room, but have the basement back, which is where this man is living. See what I mean? <laughs> so, anyway, what you're reading is just showing me. I've got my nose right up against the wall, but I'm stuck there, and I don't know whether a well, worksheet so, would be.
2: So, so, on the one on the one hand, you're you're saying you're stuck there. On the other hand, you're saying that. the the short version, the mental short version of the Reality Management Worksheet, which people can get on the MindShiftersAcademy.org website on the Educational Materials page, that that's really helping you. So if Mm. it's really helping you and you're stuck, help me understand how is it that it's really helping you and you're still stuck?
0: Well, maybe it's not helping the way I really need, but I will go through a worksheet find I'm breathing again, find that the ups level is down, I'm unable to say, listen, why do I have to know what's going to happen here? Nobody knows what's going to happen here anyway. Why not just see what happens? And, you know, do what we can and do it willingly without resentment because that's a big thing. Like how much do you give before you start resenting it? That's been an issue. When do I start feeling used rather than feeling as if this is a good thing? So there are lots of worksheets. I might have resolution in one area and another one pops up, whack-a-mole type of thing.
2: It sounds like life you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah.
2: you know, um remember that term propitiation that Dr. Rice talks about in one of his lectures that it's the highest treason to do the right thing for the wrong reason. So if you're going to resent yep. having given somebody money, you're probably mm-hmm. better off not giving them the money until you've dismantled the resentment.
3: Right. Or Absolutely. giving them the money,
2: feeling the resentment, and then dismantling it, taking 100% responsibility for the resentment because that person is not causing your resentment. And as long as you stay right. in that observation of the truth of our lives, you give yourself mm-hmm. opportunities to grow and to relieve to you know to put down baggage so to speak.
0: Yeah. I I belong to an Al Anon group and there's an older woman who admitted right away when she came on the meetings. She said, you know, I I really don't need to be here because all of my alcoholic relatives are now dead, but here I am. And we all had a good laugh. And then she said, you know, I think I am a pissed-off people pleaser. And I thought, oh, man, that's like trying on a garment that's a perfect fit. (sighs) This is a very big learning experience. And what you're reading in The Way of Mastery just forces a good close look so um, I've come to a lot of wonderful enlightened goals like trust not knowing what's going to happen trust God to work let Michael be the man's name is Michael let him be let him do what he needs to do and just allow the whole thing Another one, I came to the enlightened realization, I can't do anything for Michael, really can't even make suggestions, but I can own my own power and sense of what is appropriate and I can speak plainly and clearly. That was good because um, I'm susceptible to his um, anxiety attacks, he cries. And I feel as if I'm being invited to allow him to stay endlessly because he's helpless. And I realize I'm giving away a kind of centeredness when I do that. That I can, I can say my truth. Say, uh, you know, him and I would love to be back to just ourselves and have the house. Ri- available for family members, let's work out a plan for when you can be leaving and have you all set up for that. But being set up for that means having a place, a, a sustainable place to live or a, a van in which he can sleep and money to pay for guests. And those are his responsibility and he's not doing anything about that, at least at the moment. He's just in the basement watching a lot of tv on his little computer i think what he does all day
2: well the, the 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 wise input on this probably is focused on helping you recognize every time you say he, and then what follows. Yeah. And, and and withdrawing your attention from that. Because every bit of energy you focus on him and what he's doing is energy focused on things you have no control over. True. And I don't know how to help you feel... Better or more focused or in control, as long as you're focusing and you're choosing to focus your attention on things you have no control over. Okay. I know. I, I know that you're you're probably um, you're in really good place to find all kinds of people to commiserate with you about this because, yeah. oh my gosh, you give this guy all this stuff and he just sits in the basement and plays computer games and, oh my goodness, that's horrible. And you'll be able to find people <laughs> right. to commiserate with you over that forever. I'm fairly certain that there could be three or four different apocalypses and there will still be people alive who will be willing to commiserate with you over that.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're in
2: good shape if you want somebody to, Join you in in your misery.
0: Right. I see that.
2: Co-misery.
0: Right. Right?
2: Commiserate. Join me in my misery. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to stay stuck in the misery and invite other people into the deep end of the misery pool with you, one of the best ways to move out is... Watch how often you focus on or you even begin sentences with, he this, he that. Okay. And simply choose to stop, take a breath, put that thought over by the kitty table with some Oreo cookies and milk, let it play out, spin as much as it wants, and you redirect your thought to things you actually have control over, mm-hmm. which might be things like picking up the gentle art of blessing tool or going for a walk. Or, if it has come time to do that, you sit down with your partner, Tim, and you map out a plan for having him leave. Mm -hmm. But but either way, you're focused on things you have control over. Every time you shift over to either you thinking about or you telling somebody else about what he is doing, now you're sitting in the misery pool.
0: And I'm playing a victim and I'm blaming.
2: That's a good way to generate misery. Both of them.
0: Yep. I knew this would be a sobering talk, but it's very good. Well,
2: it's it's incredible how if, like from the very first times that I was reading Krishnamurti and he was the first one that I ever read who was just absolutely relentless with the same core message, just the way The Way of Mastery and, and Course in Miracles is, that if you just stick to the basics, the basics still apply at the most evolved higher levels of any spirituality or any teaching so just come back to the basics catch yourself talking about him every sentence out of your mouth that says he just does this he that he just and just say oh error thinking you know the pema children book would have you just say oh thinking just label it thinking i love the line there was a Somebody down in Texas that had been exposed to that teaching and came back to one of her talks and said, yep, it really works for me. Now when that happens, I just say, thinking good, buddy. Mm. I'm not beating myself up for thinking. I'm not labeling it bad or wrong. I'm just identifying it as just me thinking. It doesn't have any more value than what I choose to give it. And my thinking is not the thing. My thinking about the thing isn't the same as the thing or the direct experience of the thing. My thinking about something doesn't change it. It just creates and then somehow changes my experience of it. And anytime I begin to have an experience of tension or any negative emotion, I could choose to just step back and notice, oh, there you go thinking again, good buddy. Yeah. And that with a calming breath and or some EFT tapping and or a worksheet, even the five-step mental short version, is powerful. Mm. You know, right before you put your hand up, I was about to read the next section and the first short paragraph. It's actually just a long sentence and and that might be useful for you here. The title of the okay. section is "Claiming Sovereign Mastery. And the first paragraph reads, Beloved friends. Remember, that means we are equal. Everyone equal. No one holier than or less than. Beloved friends. In the culmination then of the way of knowing, I ask you as your equal and as your brother and as your friend eternally, I ask you to claim in this hour complete sovereign mastery over your domain.
0: To me, that means complete renunciation of certain addictive patterns I've had, like the wish to be right, the habit of stepping into being a victim, good grief.
2: Well, think about it this way. Instead of complete renunciation, how about just complete ownership
0: of Oh, okay. Somehow that. Oh, look what I'm doing.
2: Oh, look what I'm doing to myself with my thoughts. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, this is something I thought these thoughts were doing it to me. Okay. Good. So, um, we had somebody else put up a hand. I believe it's Magda. I'm turning on her microphone. Eight two eight.
4: Yes, it is, Magda. Hello, y'all. Oh, we have snow. Hey. I up Hi. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, Susan. Um, as, as I was listening um, to your your statements, it seems to me, and this is what I want to check with you: Do you have a confusion between allowing and accepting what is? I'm not even sure how to say this. A confusion between accepting what is and allowing anything to happen, even if you don't want it to. That that just doesn't really convey what I want to say. <laughs> Maybe I have I have the confusion. Um, yeah. How? Okay, Doctor Tim. How do we simply observe and? That this is what is, and yet not and yet we'll
2: change anything.
4: There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's a false question, right? Because it implies that if I allow and accept whatever is, then I never change anything, and that's not right. what's being asked of us. Right. what's what's being stated what we're being called to observe is that only by allowing and accepting what is and embracing it do we have any chance to change anything we can't change that which we won't embrace uh
3: so for instance
2: in this particular situation as Susan has already clearly defined she has chosen at different times to label herself as a victim right and to blame someone or something else for the situation and how she's feeling well unless she steps into it and says wow i'm creating this resentment i chose to invite this person in my house i chose to give this money i chose to do that and i'm generating the resentment all within myself unless she steps into that ownership of all of that she can't start to change it She can't reclaim the authority within her own house to say, okay, it's time for you to move out. Because she feels like she's being victimized by the person that she's invited to be a house guest. Does that make sense?
4: Absolutely. Yes, it does. And um, so, Susan, did you have the same confusion I had? (laughs)
0: I've been confused about
4: the difference
0: between, well, I have a lot of, for instance, here I go again. (laughs) I don't want to be a bad person. And asking someone to leave means I'm a bad person. Now, that needs a worksheet. Yeah. A whole
2: series of stack of them.
0: so there's so much popping up because of this um, situation. Michael was just in heaven yesterday when I said, I've got this situation, and or the day before. One of those days I, I outlined the situation. He said, opportunity for growth. Yay, how wonderful. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm tired of these opportunities to grow. So, um, but yeah. I'm not a free or or potent agent while operating with all these preconceptions and guilts and shoulds and all kinds of things. So in that sense, I'm paralyzed. But I do think on, on any level, even if I'm not a whole person, I could certainly initiate some change, but I'd be pushing against my own sense of responsibility and what it what it means to be a good Christian, for instance, and I'm a very ecumenical person, so I don't even like to use that. But when Jesus said, you know, the poor you'll have always with you, and he, what does that mean? It means that you can't do much about it, and you can do something about it, both. And you can use this expensive oil in the meantime. Uh, there are so many things we could talk about about this. Mm-hmm. but i appreciate the question magda i think i'm too snarled up to be able to sort it all out right now but
2: well but at the same time that you want to back up and say you're too snarled up to do sort it out you've really clearly identified several good places for you to do worksheets yeah that you think that asking somebody you know to give you your home back makes you a bad person well, there, there's he judgment there. There's the opposite. It's the opposite of what the, uh, the, all of the way of mastery, and especially the last few lessons, are calling us to understand. You don't need to judge in order to be in life fully. You don't need this judgment that your culture has taught you. As a matter of fact, it pulls you out of being in life fully when you judge something.
4: Yeah, or yourself.
2: And, and, and it says over and over and over again, there is no one more holy or less holy than you. You are not made holy or unholy by your actions. You cannot fail. right? Go back mm. to that lesson 21 or 22 mm. where the mind shifters are offered. It's not possible for you to fail. It's not possible for you to be without love. You know, the nine statements at the beginning of lesson 21. It's not possible for you to be without love. It's not possible for you to be alone. It's not possible for you to taste death. It's not possible for you to taste genuine loss. It's not possible for you to suffer the dream of separation. It's not possible for you to be apart from your creator. It is not possible for you to fail. It's not possible for you to harm anyone or anything. It's not possible for you to be guilty of sin Go back and use a couple of those as mind shifters for a while, and then see mm, what works. If you really want to make progress on this, if you mm-hmm. ask this person after, how long have you given him the gift of living in your home?
0: Are you Are you asking let, me?
2: Let, let, let's, let's say it's five weeks, right? So if you ask him after 5 weeks to move out, you're not hurting him, you're just saying this was the le- the length of the gift I can give you and you gave him those 5 weeks. Mm. But you could spin the kaleidoscopic wheel of interpretation to find a negative interpretation for that, and then start using it as a weapon to beat yourself up and blame yourself and generate resentment, bitterness. And now I'm a victim, and he won't leave. And I would be a bad person if I asked him to leave. And why won't he just leave so I don't have to ask him to? And I didn't mean to open the, the doorway into your mind there and spill it out here on the radio show for everybody, but we, we both know that's what's oh, it's going very on in your head. We know that's what's going on in your head. How do we know that? Because we all have the same kinds of things that go on. So thank you both once again for helping us uh, work through all of the time in the show. And I will look forward to updates from either or both of you as you see fit to share with us. Thanks, Magda. Thanks, Susan. Blessings. I'm muting you so you can listen in. I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. Welcome, Jeannie Rice.
1: Thank you, Dr. Tim. Good conversation there.
2: You're very welcome and deserving. Have a wonderful show.
1: Thank you. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Thursday, January the 12th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581 and press 1. And that puts you into the queue to talk to us. We'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. We'll give Michael a moment. Oh, there he is. So welcome, Michael.
5: Here he is. Yes, thank you, dear heart. Delighted to be here once again as we get to move forward and all things rock and roll. Remember everybody to join us at 3.30 today. If you go to the notes, I'm sure it's there, and you can also go to our website under events, and at 3.30, we'll be doing a worksheet on uh, the... Hear My Voice Book Club, 3.30 our time, 8.30 in London, England. The Hear My Voice Book Club is out of London, and we certainly appreciate Yinka for setting that up and giving us the space to touch the people that she touches with this forgiveness process, and uh, so we're looking forward to that. And I hadn't told you, Jeannie, but when I came back up I had a a note from Lou Corletto who says that the uh editing is done on that uh, interview that we did the other day and he has a workshop this weekend and asked if we would come and uh and do an hour in that uh in that uh, two day workshop. So dropped the note back saying we'd be there. So there's there are more things happening all the time. All kinds of awesome things going on as we move these Words forward into the
1: well, consciousness Michael, of the Michael, world. Go ahead. Michael.
5: Yes. We have still yes, put yes, breathing yes, yes. on
1: Saturday, so I don't know what yes. time he was asking you, but
5: yeah, we haven't we're certified already committed. that yet. But yes. yeah. 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 yeah, that's easy. Cool. So do we have anybody out there with a the hand up in the phone queue or anything happening in the chat room? Any questions from the app?
1: Chat room's still screwed up, and I haven't gotten any. I haven't looked for email today, so I don't know if I've gotten anything or not. And uh, my computer's frozen up here, so I didn't see any hands up a moment ago. So I've got to unfreeze everything.
5: Okay. Well, I'll just chat a little bit while you're unfreezing. So delighted that you're here, and um, the other day, we brought up a TV series that we were talking about when we were talking with Magda on the phone, and it's a Netflix thing called In the Dark, and Magda had said that she had started to watch it, and the main character, and is just so despicable that she had decided to stop watching it. Well, we've, we've continued watching that, and it actually uh, gave me a uh, uh, a nice gift today uh, as we watched the the last couple of sessions of it and and the, the woman who's the main character in it is about as despicable as you can get but the the demonstration that she gives the gift that she gives and i think it's perhaps someone's effort to help the world to build the brain cells for truth is that she is just the perfect representation of the ego and that she is driven by goals. Remember the Course in Miracles talks about you must become aware of the distorting power of the way you want it to be. So this woman is single-minded, brilliant, despicable, but the way she wants it to be is the way she's going to have it. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, you know, we're we're well into it. I don't know how many sessions we've watched, 25 or 30, but it doesn't matter who's in front of her or what's going on. She can make up and be so convincing, so beguiling, just so, you know, <laughs> inviting people in to support her in the way she wants it to be, that it's just like the perfect play out of the ego. And the the stories that she'll fabricate, as the ego will, again, the Course talks about the distorting power of the way you want it to be. And she's so... (laughs) Just like the ego, I mean, such a great demonstration. Just like the ego, she can make up any garbage or any flowery story with which to manifest her goals. She'll just make stuff up and does it just on the spur of a moment. In an I mean, it's just exactly like the ego plays the game and. Whatever it takes, it doesn't matter what she does to whoever's there, she'll do anything to manifest that goal. And, you know, if you if you think about, you know, if you've been, ever been in the uh, the catch of, you know, the way you want it to be, something that you want, and hostility and fear, or fear, is, is governing the mind, notice the kinds of despicable things we've done that's, even to those that we cherish when we're being run by goals based on hostility or fear. Things will make up. The attack will do to the person we say we cherish the most. I mean, think about, you know, in the, uh, if you remember the first time you sat in the Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop, Jeannie probably asked you about holding a newborn child and then asked you about, have you ever done anything you regret? And then pointed out that, notice that everything you've done that you've ever regretted was done out of some form of hostility or fear. The mind, you know, of the thousands of thousands of people we've asked that question of, occasionally somebody will come up with it, you know, that they did it out of love, but what it really was was out of some sort of attachment, some sort of um, uh, fake uh, condition that one could kid themselves and anything that was love. And what what really clicked as I was watching that again, the the display so powerfully and how tricky, how slippery we can be with ourselves and with others, how important the directive was two thousand years ago when Yeshua says Seek ye first the community of love. Seek ye first your connection to love. Seek ye first the state of being, conscious, active, present love, because out of that state, no goal can interfere. When one is connected to and living in that state, there's nothing that would possibly become acceptable? You know, if you ever think of those moments again where you regret having said or done something, what state were you in? And how the mind, how the ego mind... E-G-O, remember if you break that word down, if you recognize that the creator is love, E-G-O, edging love out, the creator being God, the creator uh, edging love out, moving love out of the way for some sort of result that's wanted even to the destruction of those close by or perhaps even self. Afterward, once that attack is over and one is restored to their right mind, that is the mind of love, one you know, slaps their heart in your forehead and goes, oh my God, how could I have possibly done that? What was wrong with me? So when your single-minded goal is to be, remain connected to and be guided by the active presence of love in you, then everything all of the offerings of the ego are irrelevant. You know, the ego will try to exploit every situation. Jeannie actually we were talking about this and she came up with this quote from the course for me. The ego tries to exploit all situations into forms of praise for itself in order to come overcome its doubts. You know, that ego self will tell you that (laughs) anything that gets in the way of the way you want it to be is the enemy. Again, even the most cherished friend. And that love itself is the enemy even. It'll go to that extreme. And that the only sensible answer to any question is achieve this goal. Get this goal complete. And whatever you have to do to get there and, and again this is just the, the 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 gift that this show has just is kind of solidified for me is just seeing that anything that you do that's off base mind will call sin. Remember that word in Aramaic is simply an archery term that means off the mark, but we'll make it something that's permanent and real and deserves punishment instead of simply correction and healing. It'll even go to the point, I mean, if you listen to churchianity, it tells you about this wrathful God that's made up this horrendous place that you're going to fry forever because of that error. If you remember, Yeshua comes to give us the message and correct that old idea of a vengeful creator with, the Creator is simply here to be the space of love for you. To heal corrections. Or pardon me, to correct and heal those errors. So, that story about a wrathful, wrathful Creator out to get you is just another ego story. And so, it was just kind of a, 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 a fun conclusion or picture for me of how ridiculous the ego can be and does it over and over and over and over and over again to person after person after person after person and why forgiveness is so important and you know even the ego will even tell you a story about forgiveness that will leave you hopeless i.e. that forgiveness is about how somebody else did it to you and you should just let them off the hook for your internalized pain. And so you let somebody off the hook for your internalized pain. And what you have, have you done to change your internalized pain? Absolutely nothing. Where forgiveness, the one solution, is the tool with which you go inside yourself and you free yourself from those errors of the past. You free yourself from the insanities that have been imposed by an hostile, fearful mind. You are restored to the truth of who you are as the active presence of love. And embraced by love because that's the only thing that love can do. Or look out at all that, you know, I mean, just sit and watch the tube for you know, two minutes, any given hour of the day, any day of the week, and watch the ego stories play out about how hopeless and helpless it is and how punishment is the eventuality. When, if you befriend forgiveness, instead of perpetuating a situation, you've got a tool with which you bring correction to your own mind. and are freed from the world of hostility and fear. Yes, it may mean going back over painful situations many times, as layer by layer you become more vital and are able to process out those painful experiences. But that's the gift that forgiveness offers. And instead of varying deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into insanity to the point where drugs and alcohol become the only option, stepping into the active presence of love becomes the viable solution. And to do that, all any individual has to do is remember You break that word down, and we think it's got something to do with memory, but it doesn't, to once again become a member, connect to who you are. You know, each of us, we've asked that question so many times. How many have ever held a newborn? Tap into the essence of the newborn. That's the truth of you. That's the truth of me. That's the truth of every person you've ever met, no matter how despicable they are. And what the world is crying for, literally crying for, is for people who are aware of that and stand solidly, firmly, in that space of active love and become a beacon of light to support others, letting go, forgiving the hostility, the fear, the rage, the guilt, the drunken stupors, the addictions, the griefs, the pains. And moving forward, so we're here to support that understanding. Each pathway of explanation becomes another mechanism for undoing the insane mind and being restored to the truth. So that's you know kind of a synopsis. In essence, that's what we're here to do. Miss Genie, uh, did you uh, get unstuck with the computer?
1: I did, and we have a hand up. Oh, sweet! Let's say hello. All right, it's put uh, back over here. It's area code seven seven zero. You are on the air.
3: Hello, Jeannie. Hello, Michael. How are y'all? Well, hey there, young man. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. How with do you do, Michael? You
5: What's exciting in your world? It's all exciting.
3: Well, tell me about yeah. it. Tell us,
5: tell us. All exciting. Give us some insight. Well,
3: yeah, that's just wonderful to know some of these wonderful truths that you all share with us and how much lighter one's load can be. Yay. Yes.
5: It's yeah, really that's such refreshing. an important point to, to just have the possibility of continuously and eternally lightening that load Oh, Where the dear. ego world says, Oh no, there's another pound of flesh to be paid, another load to be carried.
3: Oh
5: yeah. <laughs> That's a good insight. Oh, a good way man. to say it.
3: Yeah, I I I see I see and feel it each day, listening to Tim, you, Jeannie and and the and the many others in the in the realm. It's just it's beautiful. Beautiful. Appreciate y'all.
5: Well, thank you for saying thank you. How can we support you today? What's on your mind?
3: Well, a couple of things I'd like to share. I did not get a chance to look too deeply, but I believe you mentioned the name Bob Beck yesterday or the day before.
5: Yeah, Bob is a friend of mine. Uh
3: Yeah, and uh, amazing he was uh, in energy work. I just wonder if you share a few more thoughts is he still with us? I'm, no. Or is he dead? No, passed. he passed okay. away
5: probably, gee, I'm not even sure, maybe 10 years ago now.
3: Okay, I thought that might have been the case. I thought that's what I remembered. So doing a, just a quick search, it looked like he had developed maybe two different types of energy uh, I don't to call them machines. Devices, possibly? Devices, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Are those, are those yeah, things still available? One of them in particular is for parasites. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I want to look so into that into more. Say again, please.
5: You, you, uh, you've run into him, I take it then.
3: No, I just looked very briefly when you mentioned the name. I wanted to make sure that was the right guy. I want to look into that deep. I remember seeing a link about parasites also, so it must be the right guy. That would be him. Very interesting. Super. Super. And before we switch off of him anything else, that – comes to your mind about uh, Bob's work? Mm. No, you'll probably
5: see some things uh, with him around colloidal silver. He did a lot of work with colloidal mm. silver along with his uh, parasite machine. Uh, he was just a, a genius scientist. I mean, he worked in all kinds of arenas, was extremely well respected and just uh the sweetest man, just the sweetest guy.
3: That is, that is so neat. It uh, warms so my heart to think baby. about him. Beautiful again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, shifting but still on the energy thought, I of course thought of you. I was reading on excerpts that Dr. Eva Dedko shares on her on her email correspondences. I've uh, followed her work for quite a few years. She's out of Europe, and she her work is a a lot of her work is in the psychoneuroimmunology, Mm -hmm. and which really intrigues me, and. Part of that writing of her, her latest book is along this line that each of our cells have, of course, the receptors for both. In my, this is my understanding now, and that's why I wanted to share it and, right. and get your thoughts and, and take, because I know you're well up on this. The cell receptors have the sites for energy frequencies and the chemical Which are the same thing.
5: Um, Every chemical is just a different frequency. Same as the same as the eye receives light, and there are a number of different frequencies, and and the brain interprets frequencies differently, but they're all just energetic patterns in exactly the same way. Everything is frequency. Everything is bound to or is energy, and so the receptor site for a thought is simply in one frequency range, the set receptor site for what we call a chemical is just another frequency range, you know. If you put it into Einstein's uh, equation or Einstein's understanding, he says, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations, but so low as to be perceptible to the senses, and our senses perceive something as chemistry. You remember I've talked about, you know, Bruce Lipton's work where you th- he's shown that if you think a thought that thought becomes a molecule in the body, a neuropeptide, and lands on a cell, Mm -hmm. when it finds a receptor site that's in resonance with it, in order to land there, there has to be resonance. So when it lands on a cell that resonates, then if you were looking from inside the cell, what you would see entering when that... Neuropeptide inserts itself in the cell. What we call that frequency is chemistry, but in truth, if there's no matter, there's obviously no chemistry. I remember presenting that thought. I was in uh, in uh, let's see, Indianapolis, Indiana, Unity in Indianapolis, presenting that, and afterward, talk about that specific thing about chemistry. A, a chemistry professor from one of the universities in Indianapolis came up there. He says, "You know something, Michael? You're right. We don't have a clue what we're talking about." You know it's all energy, it's all frequency
3: wow so, yeah receptor and, the science,
5: and you know it's interesting they 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 one of the the things just just as a a little aside here you know mm-hmm. they, many people talk about or they used to i think it's becoming less popular since new energetic science is being understood, but they used to talk about the primacy of the DNA and that the DNA ran the game. Right. And what they found is that they can go inside of a cell and remove everything. And the cell will go on behaving as though nothing happened. But if they leave the cell intact and they use an enzyme that eats up, that dissolves the receptor sites, guess what? The cell stops functioning. Mm-hmm. And in order to, and, you know, this is just is is such a key in the whole resonance game. You know, we had a conversation a little while back. Somebody was talking about, you know, demons and things attacking. It's like, well, nothing can get into your field that there's not a resonance for. So whatever the energy of the so-called demon is, it can only... That energy can only attach to a similar energy within oneself. And that's why forgiveness is always a solution because whatever's, if something untoward has attached itself, it's attached itself because there's a matching frequency. That's the only way it can attach. You know, I can't sit here with an yeah. FM radio and ever get 900 on the AM dial. I can sit there and turn that dial back and forth through the whole spectrum of the FM radio till the cows come home and I'll never hear. 900 am in through that radio because there's no receptor Mm -hmm. site for it there's nowhere it can land and what forgiveness does is removes the energetic patterns that create the receptor sites that tend to keep us stuck in patterns and most everybody's focused in the outer world trying to go get the demons out there forgetting that what's out there is irrelevant it's what's in here that counts
3: So when you're speaking about the receptor sites, I believe I've read that that's how a lot of these pharmaceuticals work, that they will, they, they will block the receptor sites and actually change the course of the action of that cell. Is that a correct understanding?
5: Well, what happens, it, it actually is that, you know, every drug in order to work inside of a particular body, there has to be a receptor site for it. This is one of the reasons why drugs are so deadly and so toxic because, let's say, for instance, the brain needs a little bit of a particular, what, what it would be called a neurochemical. So mm-hmm. it might put out uh, a few millions of a gram of that chemical in order to balance itself, in order to function. And the doc says, here, take this pill, which is 100 milligrams. Now, the body would deal with that in micrograms, and so somebody takes in 100 milligrams of this. Now, There was one area of the brain that needed a few micrograms of this particular frequency, which the body would produce and would satisfy the need, but in comes uh, 100 milligrams, and it doesn't just go to that receptor site, but that it goes to every receptor site in the structure and just blasts it Mm -hmm. with that overload of that so-called chemical, that particular frequency, and now, because the whole function of our structure depends on internal communication, why why, when someone takes something for the ABC disease, does it also cause the XYZ, the CDF, and the MNO disease? Mm-hmm. Because it just went throughout the whole structure and tied up those receptor sites Uh, locked into those receptor sites and created effects in those cells that are are just totally foreign and totally uh, unneeded by any uh, concern that the structure has for itself.
3: Amazing. Amazing. So circling back to the, the book information and I want to try to understand further that I know I've, I've heard you say it, Bruce Lipton, that our thinking creates the chemical that changes, the, changes at our cell level. Correct. So, mind so, energy becomes,
5: again, that's the book of John. In the beginning wow. was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. Oh, that is Thought so amazing. Thought literally becomes the chemistry, becomes the physiology, becomes the literal physiology. And, you know, in that is our creative ability because we have the ability to do what, as far as we know, no other creature on the earth can do. Mm-hmm. We can originate mind energy. You know, every wow. other creature is run by that which has already been structured into. You know, you think about the idea of free will. And, you know, a million animals do brilliant things, but you never see a, a, an animal that says, you know, I'm hungry, and, you know, what I do when I'm hungry is I look and I look and I look and I find a nest on the ground and eat those birds' eggs. Like, you'll, you'll never find a uh, an animal that finds the eggs and says, now, I want those scrambled so it goes and gets a cook pot, starts a fire, and breaks the eggs and... You know, you'll never find one that invents a new behavior, creates, brings in something new. And in the creation story in Aramaic, where it says, "Go forth and multiply and replenish the face of the earth," you know, everybody listened to that multiply command, <laughs> but but mm-hmm. nobody knew what replenish meant. But in Aramaic, that word means bring the creation to completion that you and I have a a part to play when we tap into our true essence and our true purpose. We have a part to bring in something that's never been seen before. But it's hard to listen to, you know, when they talk about repent, repense means to turn our thinking another way, not, oh, think of how terrible it is that you've sinned, but literally, you know, Most humans are looking at constructs of their minds from the past that replicate, replicate, replicate mind, and that's all it can do. And their full attention is on that and the dramas and traumas and stories it tells and the garbage it feeds us, E-G-O, edging love out. And when they said repent, it wasn't be so terribly sorry and suffer for the terrible things you've done, but was literally to turn in a different direction you know what 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 does the creator if we stop playing out the dramas and traumas of the world and the the you know the way you want it to be the things that we want in the world the goals that we have if we were to turn toward the mind of love in us and say okay give me instructions what's waiting to come through like what's next the great inventors of of the ages the great sages of the ages did that and that's why they talked about repentance it wasn't be sorry for it was turn in a different direction you know it's like the creator is going hey look what i've got for you come here give me your attention and most everybody's stuck in oh yeah but what my father did and what my mother did and oh my god what my spouse is doing and no 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 and they don't have time or the will to listen to the, what was called the still small voice, and they don't have the technology with which to shut the screaming voice of the ego up. And that's, to me, where, you know, Yeshua delivered that technology 2,000 years ago. It was called forgiveness, and the world turned it into, yeah, let somebody else off the hook because that's moving in you. Instead of, oh, go inside yourself, Remove the noise, and then, and and this was kind of what I was talking about with this uh, particular movie at the beginning of the of the show today was this woman who you know is pretty despicable. Despicable is so creative at her being despicable and and whatever it is she wants, she's going to go for, mm-hmm. and that that to me is just the story of the ego when it's like the creator standing at the door knocking and going, I got a whole different game for you. It's like, no, no, the one I've got for you is based in love. Why don't you listen? Oh, but I have some rage to deal with. I have some hate to deal with. Don't you know I have to get even and John and that.
3: Isn't that something? Wow.
5: So, so and Michael, each time one forgives the. One more thought. Each time we forgive, the generational patterned thoughts that are stored within the structure, it's like shaving off a little bit, another little piece of its intensity, shaving off another little piece of its intensity, quieting that voice of noise until it gets the din becomes silent enough that we turn and we, it, it becomes easy to go, oh... Oh, there's a voice of love crying in the wilderness, trying to get my attention. Oh, oh, you have a different job for me. Oh, okay, I'm available. And I, I love that tune of you know. I think it was Moses that uh, the tune was was made up for of. Send me, I'm available. Send me, I'll
3: I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we say that I think what I heard is is that the first century Aramaic forgiveness process brings our creative abilities to completion or towards completion.
5: Well, I would say more more accurately it allows mm-hmm. us to weaken the voice of the ego's distraction that keeps us from hearing what will take us to completion. As oh, it weakens wow. that, as mm-hmm. that noise as that raucous, raging noisemaker, oh, the hate of this one, the fear of that one, the terror of that one, as that becomes quieter and quieter, another voice that was before, not you couldn't hear it over the noise, the other voice becomes,
2: oh, I got it.
5: And mm-hmm that other voice because it is the voice of active present love becomes the only option i see becomes attractive it's like the creator's voice has Mm -hmm. always been there saying i have a job for you are are you available well actually i'm kind of busy right now with hating my you know my enemy Uh, you know don't, don't bother me with that stuff Forgiveness weakens that voice, that noise in the mind, carbon-based memory, the mind of man. You know, when they talk about the mind of man is not conceived of what lies in store. It's like we haven't, we literally haven't become receptive to the ability to conceive and, you know, what we need to do, the metaphor of the immaculate conception, it had nothing to do with genitals, it was being available in purity for the active presence of love to enter into us and give us instructions on our real purpose. But while that noise is there, everything that every instruction we be given is distorted.
3: Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I'm laughing to myself. So if you heard me, um, It is because I just heard Rocco Errico uh, speak, I think it was from 20 years ago. I stumbled upon it searching something on the Internet some days ago. Right. And he had a a hit of big funny about the Immaculate Conception. And so that's why I'm kind of giggling. But I don't want to get us off Ah. track. That was uh, my first time listening to him. I know we've spoken uh, concerning him before. His so, stuff's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, <clears throat> he brought quite a bit of humor into these uh, interesting thoughts from religion.
5: Yeah, according so, according to Rocco, there's a great deal of humor in the Aramaic scriptures, in in Yeshua's voice especially. A great deal of yeah. double entendre and humor.
3: <clears throat> I very much enjoyed listening to him. I will see first time yeah. like I say when searching for him I just stumbled upon I said, Boy, that sounds good. And it wasn't very long. It was only about twenty seven minutes, I think. And Right. Yep. So uh I'd like to just circle around one more time to Eva Detko's work. Uh, a a a question a, a, a statement she had that I, I, I don't quite understand and, and maybe okay. I'm I'm getting it wrong, but She goes back, we're talking about the cell receptors, and and thank Mm -hmm. you for your thoughts there, and she said something that goes like this, that the cell receptors are much, much more receptive to energy frequencies than they are to the chemical signals. Didn't quite understand that, and just wondering what your thoughts are, I know you know that's her writing, and that's her book, which I don't have in front of me. Uh, any any thoughts there? Is is that even so, or?
5: Well, again, in the world where we believe in chemistry, that comment makes perfect sense. In the world where we believe that matter that's exists, talking about bodies makes perfect sense. But if we go mm-hmm. with Einstein, he says matter doesn't exist. If matter doesn't exist, then bodies don't exist. What is a body? The body is nothing but a construct of the mind. You know, we have this energy field. Yes, if you run into a frequency that is in resonance with it, bang, it seems solid. You know, I put my two hands and clapped them together and they seem solid, so they must be solid. But if I made my left hand out of radio waves and went to clap my hands together, what would happen? They would pass through each other because there's nothing solid about it. So, in the same way, in the in the world where we believe in chemistry, because our brain takes certain frequencies and, and puts them into uh, uh, a structure that our our mind perceives as matter, then we believe in that. But I wouldn't distinguish between the two as she does.
3: Okay, and that's why so I, I would see them as identical. <clears throat> That's where I was getting hung up. It just, I could not think through that. And thank you for helping me through it. That's very interesting. I'll look into it a little bit more and think about it and probably, probably come back on and talk more about it. Cool. Yeah.
5: When I, when I believe the constructs, my mind creates, you know, there's a, a really sweet passage in the Course Mil that miracles it talks about the only purpose of words is to prove the error of the thinking that comes with words, and so to recognize things through the eyes of energy means that a lot of words that describe things that people have experienced are words that describe things that are constructs made up by the mind of man that are not accurate about the world the creator created not accurate about the world of energy Mm. and when we do that we divide we create division we separate things out oh this is this and that is that well, in the world of frequency, there's no this is there, or this or that is that. If I look at a radio wave, if I, if I could look at a radio wave, if I had the faculties to look at a radio wave, I'd look at it and, and there'd be this you know wiggly line, there'd be this structure. And if I were to, quote, unquote, in the same way, look at chemistry, there'd be this wiggly line that is, looks like structure. But it's all the same mm-hmm. thing. There, there's no separation in it. But when you start separating things out, then we start, we, we've now eaten of the fruit of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil. We say that one's bad, and this one's good." And we're off on a, a wild goose chase of creating things based on an incorrect understanding of the world that the Creator created.
3: That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that's why I think, back to Rocco, I think that's where he was going somewhat in his talk. And I believe his words were, there's not very many letters or or, or words in the Aramaic language, I, I believe is what he it's was It's a small,
5: indicating. yes, limited number of words. And the it's more we separate things out, the more the mind learns to con- construct a picture for something, and then we give it a name, you know, if, if there's an actuality in the world, something that's actually part of the actual creation, and I don't live in that frequency range, but I get some pieces of it, and my, my ma- mind generates a picture for it, that picture is a symbol, My like chemistry is a symbol for a frequency in the actuality. So that symbol, there's a section in the course that talks about you live by symbols, each one given a different name, and by this you separate creation out from itself, in essence is what it's saying. So, I and and most minds are governed not just by symbols, but then when I generate this symbol I call chemistry, I name it. So now the name of it is a symbol, of the symbol. So now I'm two generations away from the actuality of the creation. The Course talks about you live by symbols, yeah. everything you've given a name. And by this you trick yourself into false perception. And false perception, if you've looked at that lesson on what is the world, mm-hmm. The Course talks about the world is false perception. It is born of error. It has not left its source. It will remain no longer than the thought that gave it birth is cherished. In other words, everything that is a dis-ease will remain no longer than the mind energy behind it is valued for some reason. And that's where the ego always has a promise, always, again, back to this movie or TV series, It's always she's always got a promise for everybody. This woman who lies through her teeth about everything and has a con for everybody always has a promise for them. And they go, oh, yeah, that's what I want. and And they go for that and that's living by symbols of symbols. And ultimately, what we need to do is cultivate our direct relationship with the presence of love, and you're never going to find a symbol, a word, that will tell you what love is, or will ever tell you anything about the actual creation the Creator created. And everybody's out there trying to talk about it. You know, 2,000 years ago, Yeshua has this experience he goes into this space of being, and all the disciples are like, well, tell us about it, tell us about it. And he says, oh, God, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but you can't hear it. You've got no brain cells. You It you you can't be done with words. The symbols are symbols twice removed from the truth of what the creator created. And the idea is to get back to our connectedness with the world the creator created, rather than trying to build up a a um, a tower of Babel, a tower of words to try to reach that understanding.
3: Hmm.
5: You know, people blame the Creator for confounding the hmm. language. Yeah, they, you see, the, the, we were getting close to, to God, so the Creator confounded the language, and it's all His fault you know, that we didn't make it there. And that's the whole Tower of Babel story.
3: Yeah.
5: And... All that the creator was saying is, guys, you're fishing in the wrong pond. I don't care how sophisticated you get. I don't care how many words you make up. Your symbols of symbols will never give you the direct experience of what I'm offering you. But men are going to go off and do their own thing and and play with the goals the way they want it to be. Again, it's another great line in The Course of Miracles. You must be aware of the distorting power of the way you want it to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And why the core of forgiveness is the canceling, the collapsing of the goals, which opens the space for a near-life experience where we can directly experience who we are Rather than experience ourselves as a set of words that, you know, mom or dad or some combination of power persons thereof spoke to us and we go, yeah, well, that's the way I am. Mm -hmm. Because all of that's the sophisticated Mm -hmm. lie. All of that's the the con and it's always presenting something that we think will be valuable, but its value never pans out. And forgiveness collapses that, removes that so we can get Mm -hmm. back to true value.
3: So all so all these words, symbols, not only separate us from our creator, but also from one another.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeshua says, don't be known for your much speaking.
3: That's a lot. Like of all the words in creation,
5: all the words in the Tower of Babel are never going to get us there.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And, you know, what? what's happened is we've ascribed words of power that words don't have. We've ascribed symbols of symbols. The brain generates a construct called reality. The mind then names that reality. So, again, it's a symbol of a symbol. And it's trying to reach the actuality behind the symbol of the symbol by creating more symbols. <laughs> Building a tower is so high, so many words. Oh, we'll get there. We just need to keep talking about it and figuring it out. And, you know, we're back to the number one pseudo-solution of the non-being mind, is if I could just figure this out. Well, you can't figure it out, but you can always forgive it. And the only power that words have is they have the, the ability to describe how to carry out an instruction. And if we follow the instruction, you must forgive from your heart that which you project into your brain's image of your brother, the wrongs of your brother, as you do that, then that whole false tower collapses and it's gone and we're back to direct relationship with love, where we started and where we've always been, but we paid attention to this mind that's got this whole fake story for us and suckers us in. How many times has the promise been made? If you just achieve this, if you just do this, then God will be happy with you. Mm -hmm. It's like, no. If you go back to the truth of who you are, then you'll know that you're the stuff that joy is made of, and happiness will be a a shadow that you aren't even interested in pursuing.
3: Yep. And for most of us, that's one of the first things we learned way back when.
5: That's exactly what, you know, each child that comes into the world is fed. That's exactly a a conversation that Jeannie and I have all the time for how do we get this into the language of our four year old granddaughter so she can understand without getting lost in the game that's so pervasive on the earth that seven and a half billion people are playing it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing it in governments, they're playing it in churches, they're playing it from pulpits, they're playing it from, you know, wherever. Instead of functioning out of what we're created to be. The active presence of love. I remember This goes back several years ago. We had met someone who went to a church in Springfield, not too far from Heartland, and we were invited Mm -hmm. to go. And there was a minister up front, and he's preaching away, and he's Mm -hmm. preaching about love. And it was a pretty cool sermon, actually. This was really quite good. And his wife and his young son, who was maybe, I don't know, I don't remember exactly, but maybe a year and a half or two years. And he's up there just, you know, preaching up a storm about love. And it was really quite quite intriguing. And then his son kind of broke away from mom. There's, there, you know, the structure was there was a, an altar in front, and he was up there. And the 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 pew right beside the altar was had his wife and his little son. And his son comes up to, you know, puts his arms out like, Daddy, you know, pick me up. And I just remember the dichotomy of him speaking these words and then the flash of what I would have interpreted as rage toward his son of like, don't bother me, can't you see I'm busy? And what message was delivered to that child who just wanted dad to pick him up, you know? And he didn't care whether dad was a preacher or was in the middle of a sermon or anything else. He just wanted to be embraced. And what he got instead was uh, the... what I would equate as the psychic equivalent of a slap in the face. And yeah. you know, that sort of experience leaves an indelible mark that traps us in world of hostility and fear and seemingly no way out.
3: Huge. Huge. Huge is the right
5: word, yeah. And yet it seems like, oh, well, that was just one little insignificant event in this boy's life. But I would bet, you know, this probably goes back... To, 15, 20, maybe 20 years ago. So this kid's probably 20, 21, 22. But if I, I bet if we went back and did a still point session with him, had him do a mind shift around dad, that would be one of the most terrifying memories he'd have. One of his, the memories that took him into the terror that so many people live of, live in. You know, that that poem, uh, Most Men Leave Lives of Quiet Desperation. That's the kind of thing that quiet desperation comes from.
3: Mm
5: Those in their lives of quiet desperation come from the desperate city to the desperate country where they satisfy themselves with the murder of muskrats Mm
3: -hmm.
5: in order to get a thrill, in order to get a charge, they have to kill something. (laughs) or abuse something, mm-hmm. or someone. Passing on the power person dynamic. And to recognize amazing. those things within yeah. ourselves when they surface, and rather than behave out of them, rather than speak out of them, rather than pretend to think out of them, to apply forgiveness to them, and remove them.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That's what takes us back to the virginal state. I think it was also referred to as circumcision of the heart. Circumcision wasn't about penises. It was about the cleaning up of the unconscious. The the, um, errors in the unconscious that block us from truth.
3: Or should I more correctly, with which
5: we block ourselves from truth. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Changes ourselves and changes the world. Yes. Well, thank you, yeah. Michael. I, I know you mentioned teacher training at some point in the last few weeks. Is that something that's upcoming, or what is the process for that, please?
5: It is something that we've contemplated doing as an online Zoom intensive. And if enough people kind of, you know, we've mentioned it a few times so that if enough people say, hey, I'm interested in doing that, then we'll schedule it and we'll set up a a Zoom intensive. It'll probably be a um, a 20-week online intensive.
3: Okay, 20-week, once a week approximately or...? Probably
5: it would probably be the way we did our last
3: series of intensives.
5: Is we did a uh, let's see, was it, I think it was Sunday afternoon, Jeannie. We did a Sunday afternoon for three hours, and then we did a week night. we did
0: either a uh, or a Tuesday. Two
5: hours, yeah, for two hours. So it'd be five hours a week.
3: About five hours a week. Okay
5: probably with the teacher training. The teacher training is, you know, if, if we were doing one at Heartland, it would be a nine-day, why is this happening to me again intensive, and that's where we, you know, we we'll start out with the forgiveness process with why is this happening to me again, and then go into healing through relationships, communication, did you hear what I think I said, purpose, personal power, and commitment, empowered to heal, mind shifters, hands-on energy field work, and still point breathing, so that would be the, the base uh, the nine-day why, and that's a, a prerequisite to the nine-day teacher training. And that in that one, we go into you know, supporting people and really understanding and teaching the work. And so together, that would be approximately a 20-week intensive.
3: Okay. So you would include all that in the online Zoom? That would all as be a, part of a, it, yes. Okay, so nothing I would be required to do ahead of time?
5: No, no, that would all be part of the whole process.
3: The whole process, okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, If you would uh, put me on the list, we'd like to talk with you further. And thanks for bringing bringing that all back. Been been wonderful. appreciate your thoughts through the last uh, 40 minutes or so. Been wonderful. All right, my friend. Appreciate your questions.
5: You help to guide us in good directions. So, lots of love and blessings, and everybody create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. The world needs it. You can give it.
4: Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet, as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on MindShifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.yagain.org. That's www. Dot W H Y A-G-A-I-N dot org